Welcome, everybody, to another episode of In the Valley Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. She is a foodie. She goes all around Arizona and interviews restaurants, bars, anything you want to do here in the Valley. Her name is Jen Ballack. Jen, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm yeah, I'm excited too. You brought us tacos. I brought us tacos from Taco Boys. From Taco Boys. Shout out to Taco Boys if you have not been there. Come on the podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever so, the owner is, come on the podcast. Uh, yeah, because we have no idea who the hell the owner is. Nope. <laughs> Jen, your job is very interesting. Very what interesting. do you do? Tell the audience what you do for a living. What I do for a living is I go around the Phoenix Valley. I also go to Tucson, Flagstaff, all over, and just find those hidden gems, those hole in the walls that people might not want to go try that are there. They might seem a little sketchy, mm -hmm. like they might get sick from eating there. But those are the places that I love to support. And my saying is supporting places that deserve hype. So okay. I love finding those small businesses that might not get the attention of like PR or marketing companies and they really deserve it. And they've been around for so long. So I basically eat for a living. and I think you have the dream sweet. job. Everybody has to eat. They just don't get paid for it. Yeah. They just gain weight and that's it. I do both. So. <laughs> hey, you gain weight and gain money. That's pretty yeah. good. So I guess it's a plus side. That's funny. So Jen, tell me how in the world did you get into tasting or eating food for a living? And I want to go back from like where you grew up, what you originally wanted to do. Let's start there. Okay, we're going way back. Yeah. So I was originally born in Texas. Okay, what part? Austin. Austin, okay. I don't remember any of it because I was three when we moved here. So I've lived in Arizona now for seven years, which is a long time. So I'm basically a native. And I grew up just loving the Food Network, watching, I always talk about the show, Unwrapped. Like, Never heard of it. It's like a how it's made. So okay. the guy breaks down like how things are made in factories and like Cheez-Its and it's an awful show when okay. I watch it now, but <laughs> back then it was like my thing. And so I would just beg my parents to stay up late and watch Food Network, which is so weird as a child. Yeah, that is. But I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to open my own restaurant. Fast forward, I went to culinary school in college, ended up getting a internship with Disneyland. And so I Sweet. worked in the kitchens at Disneyland. In Cali. Yep. Okay. And- it was a place called Ariel's Grotto. It doesn't exist anymore. It's now okay. Lamplight Lounge, if anybody's familiar. And it's like a bar food, lobster nachos, seafood heavy. So okay. they pour their drinks very strong. So if you're into alcohol, yeah. go there. But I just, all I was doing was prepping salads, desserts, cutting okay. vegetables. Kind of just starting, getting yeah. into it. Getting familiar with the kitchen. And for me, I can't do the same thing every day. Okay. It gets so boring and mundane for me. And so I realized after that I was not going to work in a kitchen and that was not going to be my goal. So your life. chef dreams were just dead. Yeah. Okay. So I knew I wanted to be in food at some capacity. I just didn't know what that looked like yet. And so I changed my career. I went into sports journalism. Oh, total um, 360. Very different. Okay. Like we talked about earlier, I wasn't a big sports fan. I didn't grow up watching sports. So why sports journalism? And while you're going, I'm going to dive in because these are I got calling some salsa me. and guac too. Okay. I always say it's like that I wanted attention from men because <laughs> it is a good conversation starter. It is. If you're on a dating app and you say you work for the Cardinals football team, immediate, like immediately, like they're interested. You're, you're getting a date. Yeah. Yeah. They might and be whether, trying to get whether free they tickets. want to whether they like you or they just want a free ticket. Yeah, you're still going on a date. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe that's why I did it. Maybe I wanted experience in being on TV, okay. getting comfortable in front of the camera and things like that in journalism school. But during school is when I was on Tinder. And okay. this is how I got my job at the Cardinals. On Tinder? Yeah. No way. I found this guy who was wearing a Cardinals jersey. He was on the, not a jersey, but a sweater. And he was on the field and I reached out to him. We matched. Swiped right. Yeah, we matched. And I bothered him for two years. We never met. And he ended two up. two years? Yeah. It was just like on and off. Hey, how's it going? You want to get my resume to your boss so okay. I can get a job? So I ended up getting a job with the Cardinals. So he legit my... plugged you in? Yeah. 
Okay. And then we finally met when I worked there, which was wild. Did you ever go on a date? No. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't work out, which there is you fine. Go. So that's how I got my job. Was there for five years. And what were you doing there? I did video production stuff for the scoreboard department. Huh. So I like that's stage a fun managed. job. It was a lot. Because our department did 100 plus events a year. Okay. Plus 10 games. So we were constantly like. And do you get paid salary there? An hourly wage? I was hourly. Okay. Yeah. So I think I worked the most. It was like 120 hours in two weeks. And I was just exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. I met a lot of big name players. Like if you go to Larry Fitzgerald's Twitter page, I'm in his cover photo. That's cool. It's wild. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, you do that because you said it was the Cardinals. So you went from wanting to be a chef to now being in journalism. You went to school and got your degree in it, right? Mm -hmm. So you got your degree in journalism. You landed a job with the Cardinals. I would say both of those careers that you ended up leaving are dream careers for some people. You were able to work at Disney, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And your goal, yes, was to be a chef. You realize you don't like food. Love food. You love food to eat it, <laughs> but you don't like cooking food. And that was going to be my next question. What made you even want to be a chef? Did you cook growing up? Yeah. Okay. So you know how to like cook. Watching my you could dabble cook. a little. Yeah. Okay. I make really good hot chicken sandwiches. Okay. So you could I'm dabble a little bit, bit in the kitchen in case that guy did want to come over and you got to yeah. cook him up some. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet talk him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so you do a total 360, you go into journalism. How do you like it? You say it's a lot, but do you see yourself doing it forever? Now that at I'm, the time, obviously. Yeah, at that time. I loved parts of it. Working in a sports world is obviously very male driven and dominating and you're degraded in a little sense. And I personally, I felt like my life was like just passing me by. Like I had no time for friends or family. How old were you at this time? I want to say 23. Okay. So 22, 23. And at that time, your whole 20s are now gone because you're just working your life away to try and hit that next level or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the sports world, basically you can't get somebody's position in a company like at the Cardinals, those people have been around for 20 plus years, 30 years, and they're not leaving until they basically all over. Yeah. So you're like not getting anywhere in life. And then the competition with like journalism schools, everybody wants to be on TV. Everybody wants to be the next ESPN reporter. And so you're not getting there, if that makes sense. And it's going to be a long time if you do. You got to put in your hours. Okay. So then what happened? What transition? Why? What, did you quit? What'd you do? Yeah. So things just got very toxic and negative there. Okay. And I was at the point of quitting. And then a few months later, COVID came around. Mm. And so I ended up getting pulled into a room. All of us did told to go home and they didn't know when we were going to come back. And then they laid you guys off or something. What? They laid you guys oh. off. <laughs> yeah. They told us all go home. You're not working here anymore. And so for months I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to make money? And so I hit up a restaurant that I had been in talks with and knew the owner. And she was like, come deliver pizzas for us. And I was like, that's embarrassing to go from working for the Cardinals to delivering pizza with high school kids. But you need money. But yeah. So I was desperate and I did that. You did it? Yeah. Okay. And it was really embarrassing because when you're a delivery driver, you get like a random name to go deliver the pizzas to. And I got Steve Keim, who was the GM of the Cardinals. Oh, multiple fuck. times and so he saw me and he knew did he know you? i don't think he knew exactly who i was but oh. i like explained it and it's just like so I thought embarrassing you were say it was a tinder guy oh no <laughs> <laughs> delivering pizzas to his house <laughs> we're still friends by the way and he's married now but yeah so i had to l- deliver pizzas to oh, steve time at the time it was very embarrassing but over time i started posting pictures videos of restaurants randomly when you go to eat them yeah okay and at that time it was like the restaurants were only doing delivery or takeout so so you just do it at your house yeah okay for a while and then when they started slowly opening is when i started posting more food videos and it just started to go viral and they just went viral of you eating are you just showing them it was me eating okay just highlighting the business yeah and is that when like a light bulb clicked or when did a light bulb click because 
we were talking earlier and you said that you still have a full-time job Mm -hmm. and that you're ready to, hopefully your job doesn't hear this, but you're ready (laughs) to go ahead and quit that job and venture out on your own. Mm -hmm. But from when your viral started going, virals, when your videos started going viral to now, how long has that been? Next month, it'll be four years. So why, some people would say, why in the hell haven't you left your job sooner? And I want to ask that question and I want to know what made you continue doing these videos just because they went viral? Because just because they go viral doesn't mean you get paid right away. Yeah. So walk me through that. Yeah. So I feel like when I started, the influencer word wasn't really big at the time. So no one knew what an influencer was or how you become one. And (laughs) when I started going viral, I'd get 10,000 followers in a night. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. really? Yeah. And I was like, am I going to be famous Instagram or, on or TikTok. TikTok? Okay. Yeah. So TikTok at the time was like just starting out and it wasn't oversaturated at that time. So yeah. now easier. you think it is. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'd get like 10,000 followers and I thought I'm going to be like the next big YouTuber or like whatever. <laughs> and I feel like you start to get a big head and you get sucked into that world because I'd be constantly checking like my notifications and like oh. how viral I was getting. I got reshared by Tyga, the rapper, for the video I did. He, That's like, dope. duetted it. So it was, like, all these big things happening all did at once. Did you meet once. him? No. That would have been badass. It would have been really cool. <laughs> but you just hear my annoying video talking about chicken nuggets. And he duetted it? That's funny. Like, what did he say? Of views. He didn't even say anything. He just showed his reaction to it. And he was just like, yeah. Cool. Really? Like, That's it's pretty so badass. <laughs> but then I was, like, on all these news stations. And I don't even <clears> remember <throat> your original question. But... Like my original, yeah, that's a good point. So my original (laughs) question is from when your videos went viral to right now, you're barely thinking about quitting your job. Mm, That's a four year thing. Yeah. Okay. When did it, the light bulb switch, when did you start making money from this? When were you like, what the hell? I could do this full time. Yeah. After all of that, I don't even think I started getting paid. I didn't ask restaurants for money or anything. I was trying to build up my bank of content. So, so were restaurants reaching out to you then? Yeah. At that point. So you were still just going and just filming. Okay. Or I'd reach out to them and be like, hey, I want to highlight your most popular res- recipe or dish. And that's how it snowballed. And then I started realizing I can run social media for other clients and restaurants since I know what I'm doing and what I'm doing is working. And so I picked up a couple clients in the beginning and that's how I was like getting money so I was technically working for myself because I didn't have a corporate job at the time. And you're at this time, you're still, it's still COVID. So you don't have a yeah. gig, no more delivering pizzas. I think I was doing both at that okay. time because I was like, I still need money. Yeah. I'm not making a lot. So <laughs> and surviving. you probably got to get a free pizza every once in a while. Yeah. So Discount. there yeah. you go. There's that. That's good. Okay. So you bring on a couple clients. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I think some people are like, in, especially in today's world where, I see it all the time on TikTok. Oh, be a social media manager. It's so lucrative. What were you doing for them? Yeah. So also now I'm taking on that same role Mm -hmm. when I leave my company. And so what I do is I go in once a month and I capture content for the whole month. Photos, videos. In their Um, restaurant. Okay. Once a month of my time, I spend an hour and a half just collecting photos. And then every, I post five days a week for my clients. So I do three photos a week, two videos. So I put together all the videos for them, whether that's like a trending video or just a video highlighting food dish or whatever. And then I do daily stories, respond to comments, respond to DMs. So the business owner is not having to worry about. And you're doing all this by yourself? That's a lot of shit. Yeah. (laughs) So 14 accounts right now. 14 of them all by yourself. You definitely need to hire somebody. Yeah. That sounds horrible, actually. How do you like it, though? I love it. Okay. So once you realize and you're growing these people's accounts, you have two clients. We're going back to the time frame here. So you have two clients. Mm -hmm. You're delivering delivering pizzas. (laughs) Your food blog, per se, is now growing. When did you start charging these people? And I also want to talk about... 
What made you even realize, hey, I can go get two clients and I'm worthy enough and they could pay me to do this. I think that's something I want to talk about because a lot of people, they're doing things for free or doing things just because it's easy to them when they could be getting compensated for it and knowing your value. I think that's huge because just because you were good at it, you could be undercharging. You could have just been doing it for free because it's fun to you. Like, when did you realize, damn, I could do this and somebody can pay me for it? I think a couple years in, <clears throat> okay. maybe at least two years in, when I had like a bigger platform and more followers, because I feel like I I have the imposter syndrome. So I compare myself and I'm like, these people are charging this much and they only have a couple more followers than me or whatever the case may be. And I, the whole conversation of like payment, especially in the influencer world is a very touchy subject. Like it's awkward. It's very awkward. Yeah. Because there's people out there in this market charging $3,000 for a video, which is crazy to me. And I charge, I feel like way less, but I'm also working with a lot smaller businesses. and That can't afford a $3,000 hit. That's maybe their fucking rent. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of the restaurants like I'm going to... They, they make dollars a taco. It's they're not gonna pay me five hundred dollars for a video. Yeah. So for my price point, I like to base it based on the restaurant or okay. the type of business. That's fair. But I feel like once you hit, I don't even know what the threshold is. If it's ten thousand followers, twenty thousand, I just got to the point where I was traveling all over Arizona. I was using my own gas. When I go to restaurants, even if they're like hosted, is what we call it. So they're giving you free food and alcohol and they just expect you to post about it. And a lot of people, I feel like, don't tip the server or the business when you go. And I personally do. And I do it based off of however much the food would have been. So if it's like a $300 meal, like I'm going to give that server like 40, 60 bucks or like a normal 20, 15 to 20%. Yeah. Based on however much the food would be. And so this was all adding up and I'm like, I need to start charging because I'm spending I'm my spending time. own gas, your yeah. own time, and now your money. Yeah. And the amount of like views I got for some of these restaurants and they were selling out for two days. It's Really? Yeah. It's like the ROI you could have already gotten back from the few hundred dollars that you would that have you paid spent. me. Yeah. yeah. But it's also hard because you can't gauge and how many views And not every person gonna is going to not every video is going to have that same effect. Exactly, yeah. So maybe two restaurants got it, but you can't guarantee those results mm-hmm. now. That's a tough it's that's a tough, tough thing to do. So then now you're starting to gauge and realize I can charge for these things. Mm-hmm. Does COVID then open back up? I don't know, that was a weird way <laughs> to put it there. Does these play, does your job open back up and now they say, "Hey, you can come back?" No. They basically fired all of us, got rid of our insurance. Oh, shit. Okay. So now you got to find a new job. Yeah. Like I was completely out of it. Okay. And so why not just do this full time? Was it just, and you could be honest, was it just not generally making as much as you needed? I still feel like it's not making enough. Oh, wow. And you have 72,000 followers. Yeah. And I think that's something. Do you feel like it's not making enough because like your expenses are high or do you feel like it's not making enough? Because it's just not enough as far as your living and all that stuff. That's a good question. I honestly, I don't know. Like I see some of these people who do it full time and I'm like, how are you making this much money? Like that you can live off of this. Wow. That I'm glad you brought that up because everyone thinks that influencers just make a fuck ton of money. And, and there like, are some that do. By not doing anything. Yeah. They so, just get all this free stuff and yeah, get and, paid and a ton a of money. Yeah, and great amount followers your content's really good and you feel and this is why i want to touch on this because it's been a four-year gap that you've been doing this shit and you haven't quit yet yeah so clearly it's not enough that you feel personally Mm -hmm. that it's not enough for consistency yeah i say all of this to say what was the next step you're starting to gain traction obviously you still need money to survive so what did you decide to do did you end up getting another job or how did that work yeah so i had a lot of free time (laughs) and so i saw that they were hiring or doing what is it they had a show for, for the food network and it was out in tucson it was called supermarket stakeout 
And so I went to go be on that with my friend Ashley and we got paid like 400 bucks for the day just to be on this Food Network show as like an extra. That's cool. And so while I was there, over time, like I go to all these restaurants and businesses and I meet the owners, I meet the GMs. And so I met the owner of one of the hotels down in Tempe, Arizona. And he actually hit me up when I was in Tucson and was like, hey, I really need a marketing manager and we'll pay you this much money. And I was like, at the time I was like struggling, but I was like happy because like I said earlier, I'd rather be happy and make less money. Marketing for his hotel? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was like, I've never marketed like a hotel. I have no idea what that entails. And when he told me the price tag of like how much the salary was, I was like, that's more than I've ever made in my whole life. And yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, when you're like struggling and you're like, this content thing is fun, but it's not making a lot of money. And here I have the opportunity to make all this money. And so I decided to go and I got hired and I worked there for a year and I learned a lot about the hospitality industry and hotels and how they market things. And what'd you do on a daily basis like there? Man. Because I feel like fucking marketing is the most broad term. Everyone <laughs> says, oh, I'm in marketing. Oh, I'm in marketing. Communications. Yeah. <laughs> communication. It's okay. What the fuck do you do every day? Yeah. And as far as this is an industry that you have absolutely no idea about. Did they have a marketing person already? Where mm. did they have nobody and now anything is good to them? What did you do? Yeah, so I came in. Luckily, what we call Is it okay kit. to say the hotel or no? Yeah. Okay, the what's the hotel? Tempe. What is it? The Weston Tempe. The Weston Tempe? Okay. It's right so, off Mill Ave. Perfect. So yeah. what did you do for them? Like I said, when they when I came in, they had a branding kit or package. So what that kind of entails is like their restaurant has its own colors, its own fonts, its own like style. Okay. That you can use like to, to market stick it. with. Yeah. Okay. So you don't want to like post other fonts or whatever. These are, this is where you have font. to boom. Yep. Okay. For the cop, they had a coffee shop, a restaurant, the hotel itself, and a rooftop bar. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Four different things to market. I had four different social media accounts for each one. So I had each of the bar, the. So I had to like post every day about that, whether it's on stories or on the feed itself, make videos. I was also in charge of the menu designs. So I'd have to like work with local printers, update the menus, update the websites wow. for the menus. And um, at this time, how many followers did you have? Like, how did, why did he choose oh, you was my question. Like, why did he come out to you? Like you said you met like him. 20,000. And did 30. he know you had that? I'm sure he did since he was like in the marketing kind of realm of the hotel too. Okay, because so that's like what I, I want to say. Some people are going to be like, oh, wow, she just got lucky because <laughs> yeah. he met some random person and offered her a gig. I also want to right. want people to know, like, <laughs> your hard work gained. You yeah. no longer had to put in an application and say, here, I'm applying for this. Yeah. You're lit. That's what a lot of people don't understand, that your social media is your living resume nowadays. So that was your resume, and that's what qualified mm -hmm. you to get this job. Yeah. So okay. what I so forgot you continue. to mention. Sorry, I want. No, I just wanted to bring that up. What I forgot to mention is I worked with PR companies, and they would invite me to like these restaurants and stuff oh, over okay. the years. So eventually, like I got enough followers that PR companies wanted to do that with me, and so that's how I met the guy, the hotel. I was dining there to promote the restaurant on property before I got hired there. Okay. At, had, at his hotel. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's why I had no idea that he was going to hit me up months later and be like. Offer job? you a gig. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. Menu design, social media. I worked on, if you go up to the rooftop there now, the mural that's up there. I was the one who found the artist to paint that on the wall. I created events for like 4th of July on the rooftop. We worked with Tino Cochino Radio. Yeah. We had 300 people on that rooftop at one point, which it's a small rooftop. So that was the cool fact that we had that many people is wild. I did Easter stuff, Christmas stuff. Okay. Um, so just everything. overall events, true marketing for the place. Yeah. Just How can everything. How you get the name out about this okay. hotel? How'd you like stuff. it? It was easy. It was okay. easy. A lot easier than I thought it was going to be. But the people I worked with six months in, because we got like new management, ended up not loving my ideas and stuff. And <laughs> I was told that I couldn't come up with ideas anymore which is a marketing manager. That's your whole that's your job. job. Yeah. And so they told me that some other guy was going to come up with the ideas. 
and felt like you were now in a box. Yeah. Yeah. And I My think creativity. Yeah, your creativity. And I think what's cool about this story is you just followed your passion of what you like doing and it led you to different opportunities. And I feel like people need to understand whether you you thought you were gonna be a fucking chef. <laughs> yeah. So if you really something, go all in on it, whether it's just videoing yourself eating at places whether it's having a podcast of you're just talking about different food places and literally bringing the food there and trying it oh i like the texture oh i don't like this whatever the case may be and i say all this because you never know where that will lead to or who you're gonna meet and who you're gonna meet what you're gonna do down the road and what i learned as a realtor is this entire world of successful people is all because of relationships. 100%. Absolutely fucking nothing about a hotel. And you got hired <laughs> to be a hotel marketer. Yep. Why? Because you did some branding and marketing for yourself <laughs> and you were in the right room and met the right person. Mm-hmm. That is mind-blowing to me. Very. And I think that can happen to anyone. But you... Something I also want to bring up is you were willing to go somewhere to Tucson with your friend to get paid 400 bucks for the day just because a you had nothing to fucking do probably <laughs> but b it's hey this is cool i like food and i want to be on tv yep and we're getting paid 400 bucks for it <laughs> fuck it i don't got to deliver pizzas today or this weekend let's just go down and do that yeah uh, i think it's cool because you put yourself out there and i don't i think that's why i think so many people could be more successful if they just try bet on themselves and try like i'm not saying go kill yourself do something you didn't do anything spectacular no you just said i'm gonna go get paid 400 bucks to be in a show yeah and i gotta drive two hours for it like i said this on another podcast but my life has been wild in the terms of i will reach out to anybody on facebook or instagram if i want something from them that sounds bad but i'll finish my thought so like when i was in journalism school i had to interview like all these athletes and i was like i don't want to interview like the ones at this college because whatever everybody else is going to yeah and so i saw that there was like a sons charity event coming and i saw terrell owens was going to be there and so i followed him on facebook i messaged him i reached out to him he messaged me back Tio. Yeah. What? And he was like, yeah, get in touch with my publicist. Like, I'll interview with you at the Suns charity event. Did you do it? Yeah. No way. He All by a simple message. Yeah. Wow. And he's known to be an asshole, yeah. T.O. And I didn't know the whole extent. Yes. He was T.O. is. Nice. Oh, he wasn't nice during the interview? Not really. But you still got to talk to him. Yeah. I have pictures cool. with him. I wrote a whole article about it. Yeah. He's known like, to be a dick. Yeah. So the fact that he messaged you back is I was pretty shocked. crazy. Yeah. Wow. But it's like what you said. Just put yourself out there. and That's how we met. Yeah. I literally messaged you and said, hey, do you want... Or you messaged me. I think I did message. And said, hey, I love the studio. Yeah. Cool. Where, let's do a, le- let's do a podcast and then you can see it. Yeah. That's insane. T.O. That's so. pretty big. Yeah. And there, there was another athlete that I tell the story all the time too is he and I met at the Pro Bowl when I worked the Pro Bowl. And... We stayed in touch on Instagram and then I had to interview somebody else. So I hit him up and he was like, yeah, call my hotel and I'll do the interview over the phone. I was like, this is weird, but okay. And I interviewed him and then my teacher didn't believe me. So I hit him up and I was like, hey, can you just email like my teacher and just let her know like you actually interviewed with me? Oh, because it's a phone recording. Yeah. So she could be like, oh, it's anybody. Mm -hmm. Ah. And so he straight up made a video on his like phone and Sent it to me. I sent it to my teacher and your teacher felt dumb. Yeah. (laughs) That's so so cool. And, and I wanted to just digress and go a different route there just because I know we're going through your story, but you've done all this because you were able to bet on yourself, put yourself in certain situations. And I just want to really let the audience know that you do that in any industry, whatever you're wanting to do in life, it can take you very far. I applaud you for that because that's pretty cool. Okay, so you're working this hotel marketing gig that you know nothing about. It's going good. I was told I can't come up with ideas anymore. You're now in a box. So what's next? Wait, you still work there? What? You still work there now? No. Okay, so so now what's next? 
Yeah, so they, I ended up giving my idea to somebody else to pitch and just to see if the girl didn't actually like me. And so he pitched my idea. They loved it. And I was like, this bitch don't like me. Yep. So I was like, (laughs) I'm out. And so I put in my two weeks like that Monday and I hit up my old bosses from like this marketing company I used to work like five hours a week for. And they brought me back. And so I'm with them now. And I've been there for a year now. But I'm just ready to do my own thing and let's talk about that actually. What let's talk about today. Okay, so yes, you're still working for the marketing company, but on the side, and I want to point this out because a lot of people make so many excuses. Oh, I can't do my own business. Oh, I can't do this because I work a full-time job. I don't have any time. And I don't know. Are you single? Do you have kids or anything like that? Oh, I'm single-ish and single-ish. Don't have kids. Okay, complicated, single-ish, no kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I say all this to say because I know there's going to be someone in there as, oh, she could do it because she doesn't have kids. I want to advise that you are doing things on the side because you may not like your full-time gig or you just want to see how it goes on the side. So take me, let's look at your picture today. You're working a marketing company still. Mm -hmm. You started off a while back with two clients doing their social media. How many social media accounts do you have now? Seven of my own. Seven of your own clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you still do your stuff mm-hmm. for your own personal account, and then am I missing anything else? And then seven clients for my company I work for now. Marketing company, okay. Yep. But now you're thinking of doing a very big move and quitting. When you quit the marketing company, do those seven accounts go away? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so those seven accounts go away, and now you're just focusing on your own seven accounts, and I'd imagine growing that. You want to bring on more accounts. Is that kind of your goal? And that's going to be my next question is, where does Jen see herself going from here? I want to definitely maybe get a couple more clients. I don't know how many I can handle on my own. You need to hire somebody like today. Yeah, because seven (laughs) is already like a lot. But I'm going to go from nine, eight-hour days to two-hour days because when you schedule out content, it doesn't take very long. And you can schedule it out for the whole month. For all what do you clients. mean by that? So there's like programs where since I'm going once a month, I have all the content that I need for the month. Besides like for one specials day? and stuff. For, one day? Yeah. Wow. That's an cool. An hour and a half of my time. I just knock it out. A lot more. You could do a lot more in your time by doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'd imagine, I think my people, what they do is they like schedule out the content, right? Yep. Okay. So like when I schedule out all seven of my clients' accounts for if I can do the whole month in a day. Um, so you could do all your content in one week and yeah. then Have schedule it all out the next free. week and then the two, three weeks you're not doing anything. Yep. So I feel like really I'll only be working like a week or two because then I'll have two weeks to do my own thing. I'll have a week where I can knock out all my client content shoots. Yeah. what I call them and then schedule them out and then, just post stories. Okay daily and then so your goal is to grow that yep <clears throat> definitely and you're probably gonna or i suggest you definitely need to hire somebody asap so you can grow a lot yeah. of people think they can't hire anybody because they can't afford to you could aff- you can't afford not to yeah honestly because that would free up even more of your time so you're gonna hire somebody and then after that Tell me, we were talking a little bit about it before, but what's your goal with your content? What does Jen see herself doing? I definitely want to be like a food personality. Okay. And so I know I don't have a ton of cooking chef experience. but Like a Guy Fury style. Yeah. making my own, I do want to make my own restaurants. I have a couple of concepts like in my mind already that I want to do. It's just going to be finding investors and getting that whole process going. But I want to combine food and sports and travel the world and go to sports stadiums and showcase the food in these stadiums across the world. Okay. Usually all the stadiums, though, have same food. So what's your take on that? How would you do it? Obviously, everyone has a hot dog. Everyone has a hamburger. The Suns Arena has Benihana's in it. It's fantastic. I love Benihana's. (laughs) It's amazing. But that's what I'm saying. What would be your show about? So I feel like... Or what like, would your show be about? Yeah, so I feel like I want to expand it past the U.S. We oh. were talking about like Mexico, 
their sporting events obviously have way different food and styles that they're going to be making. They're not going to be serving. They might be serving like Sonoran hot dogs. Yeah. But not like the normal hot dog and burger thing. Yeah. Like, like an L.A. dog. Have you been to L.A.? No. The Dodger dog or whatever. No, you haven't been to L.A. So this Sonoran dog that everyone talks yeah. about. If you go to LA, L.A., it's called an L.A. dog. They are The Sonoran people ripped it off. And I don't know if that's the proper term, what I just said. But <laughs> if you go to L.A., there's these back streets. It's called the alleys. The alleys is basically a flea market. and It's just all food. No, the flea market has, we're talking fake Louis Vuitton, fake oh, yeah, Gucci. Yeah. It has fake Kylie Jenner stuff. And then they have normal stuff like clothes, underwear, suitcases, little electronic stuff. They just have everything that you can think of there selling it along the strip. But then there's food carts there. Yeah. That's an LA dog. Okay. You go there. They give you a hot dog wrapped in bacon, covered in mayonnaise. They do the ketchup. They do the mustard. No beans. That's (laughs) Sonoran people. They do the ketchup. They do the mustard. They do the peppers. Yeah, they do the pico de gallo. They do the pico. They do all the peppers on there. And then they serve it to you just like that. That's an L.A. dog. I don't know where these people got these Sonoran people got these. Yes. Okay, we'll go there. I will. And just look up the alleys. It's going to take you to a road. You don't have to walk the flea market. You're going to find like four of those <laughs> cart vendors hurts. and just go to one of those okay. and tell them you want an alley dog with absolutely everything. You're not a picky eater, right? You I can't be. Like seafood. Okay. There's no seafood on that one. Perfect. But yes, get everything because I, when I was a kid, I would just be that guy that just got ketchup and oh. mustard and it was sad. Now you get everything on there and it's, damn, I know what these people are talking so about. Good. Yes, it's good. So go ahead oh, and do that. Okay. I will. But so that's your idea. You want to, my guess is, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but on Netflix, Zach Efron has a show oh, where he goes, you seen it? Around. I haven't seen it. Okay. So he travels around. around and does a similar concept, but with not food. It's, I forget what industry it's in, but that's your goal, right? Yeah. You want to be like either a Netflix or put it on YouTube. You, look at Mr. Beast. He doesn't even, oh, isn't even on Netflix. This is just YouTube. I need to start doing a YouTube this year. Yeah, I think you should. If that's your goal to do a show, yeah. like that would be cool. Yeah. So that's I your goal. Yeah, even if you look at the Diamondbacks, they have such a wide variety now that it's mm-hmm. not just hot dogs and stuff. Yeah, like it's the not. churro dog. And in Texas, they have this barbecue stand that does like this pork shank with tacos. It's It looks so good. Okay. And then in Wisconsin at the Packers Stadium, they do, they call it like the pack and cheese. Oh, that's it's like cool. Like a Packers mac and cheese. Yeah. So I feel like you have an understanding of like American stadiums. Like if you go to Spain at a soccer game, yeah, what are they eating no there? no idea what they're yeah. serving. Like I went to a London NFL game and like the food That's there was cool. so different. It was like curry fries and stuff. So it correlates back to what their popular dishes in the area are, yeah. which is fascinating. And I think also what's cool about that, that a lot of people aren't seeing that I want to highlight is you like to travel, you like food, and you like sports. Mm-hmm. Put them all in one. What can I get? Yeah. Boom. The Gen yeah. Show. I don't know if that's what it's going to be called. I don't think but, I don't know what I've called that. But, that <laughs> but I like that because a lot of people think that, and I'm a big person on it as well. I really like real estate. I like to travel. I like cars. I now recently picked up golfing. Super fun. Hard sport. <laughs> I think everybody has to think. That sounded very weird. Everyone thinks that you have to hone in on one aspect. And I don't like that. And I think you you just made me realize that today that I don't have to do that. I can go ahead and pick all the things I like and either try them out individually, try them out together and see what sticks, but also see what you like doing. And I, I seen this post the other day. It said, which person would you rather be? The person that makes $500,000 a year doing a job they hate versus a person that makes a year, but absolutely loves it. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me because I quit my job. I was in the military before and I got out because I was busting my ass. And then the person to the left of me wasn't, and we got paid the same on the first and the 15th. And so I got, the reason why I quit was so that I could get, live on my own terms and get paid based on what I do and my efforts, but also the quality of life. And I think that's 
what I want to let people know, sometimes it's not about becoming a millionaire or becoming, trying to be a billionaire, but doing something that you love to do, whether, I think the average salary is like 43,000 in America. Sounds about right. And if you could just take, look at yourself, how much do you make at whatever job you're working at? And this could be you and anybody else that's listening. If you can do that, if you can make the same amount by doing something you love, would you switch it? And if you were to say yes, then you need to do it now because a lot of people think I'm only going to do that business or do that if it makes me 10 times more. It makes me 20 times more. Why? That makes no sense to me. Yeah. And I think I learned that when I went to the hotel is money is not going to bring happiness. Yeah. Because you said that you made, that was the most you ever made right there at the Mm -hmm. hotel. And I was miserable, not miserable, but not happy. I feel like it's so much easier to do what you love every day. And a lot of people, like you said, look at these influencers and they're like, I want that lifestyle. And they don't really realize what goes behind the scenes of the work too. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're not really in on like food or whatever you're promoting, like real estate, like you're going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. Like you have to really love what you're doing if you're going to be in it every day. Yeah, you really do. And I see my aunt and my grandpa and everybody who's had these jobs for 30 plus years and they say they're happy and stuff, but I'm like, you haven't explored any other avenue. Like, how do you know if you're really happy? It's funny you say that because I was talking to my fiance the other day and we were on the golf course and I ran into a guy. He worked for the airlines and his wife. I don't know exactly what they did. My fiance, she's a flight attendant. So she works for the airlines as well. And he said that him and his wife would pick up every six months and move. He goes, we didn't have a lot of stuff. We'd mainly just move like our clothes and stuff, but we'd move, explore a place for six months and then move again. He goes, I know people that have always like that are going to stay where they were born. They're going to live there forever and they're going to die there. Yeah. And they say, oh, I love Texas. Oh, I love this. I love this. But How do you know if you love it if you've never been anywhere else? Yeah. And I think that's so good that you said that because I think that's in life about your job, about anything. You can't, especially the, I don't know if this is proper, but like the older generation, how they say, I stuck with my job for 30 years and now I have a great life. I'm grateful that I did that. But during those 30 years, did you enjoy it? Because you enjoy it now that you're retired and that you, you, now that you could do whatever the hell you want, but that's if you made it. I seen this quote the other day, the average person retires at 65 and lives to 72. Yeah. So they worked that long and they were only able to retire for seven years. That's horrible. Yeah. Like you got to enjoy your life and do whatever you want for seven years. And I think it's definitely a trend that's happening with, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm 27, but it's happening with our generation is they're realizing, hey, I don't have to go work this sucky job. I could go work this job and I'll make less, but at least I'm happy and I can go to the ball game every Saturday if Mm -hmm. that's what my happiness is. And I think also that's another reason why there's a lot of trades that are dying. We're seeing plumbers, electricians, HVACs, these jobs that all these older generation and baby boomers were doing. They're eventually an electrician is going to be able to charge whatever the hell they want because there's just not going to be enough of them. I asked my nephew what he wants to be when he grows up. He wants to be a Twitch game player. Oh, yeah. See, everybody wants to be like that next yeah. YouTuber or whatever. And what I think is crazy is he's already focusing on, oh, did I get enough views? Did I not get enough views? And yeah. I think in a world where we already compare, we're human, so we all compare ourselves to anybody. And in that world, I think it's going to make that younger generation even more adamant of like comparison or self-worth or yeah. whatever the case may be. And I don't know. It's weird. I, it's weird. I'm wondering how the world's going to go here in 10 years. I know because I feel like everybody's going to want to be on social media as like an influencer or something. And then it's going to be even more saturated. And you got to be really different if you're going to stand out. Yeah. We just had a meeting earlier before you came in about changing up my social media content as a realtor. And which is cool. 
But there's so many realtors out there. There's so many people on social media. And I ask my people, like my mentors, like, how are you getting so much business? These guys have been in real estate for 20 years. They're like, I don't do social media because they don't need to because they have their book of business already. So I think that's another thing when you're getting into new industries in today's world. You think you have to be on social media, but ultimately it's just a game of relationships. You wouldn't have got your job without having a relationship with that person or a relationship of your following and everything like that. So again, I think today jobs aren't even really looking at your resume. They're looking at your social media to see what you're doing, see what you're up to, because people don't lie on social media. Act and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But tell me a little bit as we wrap up the show, I want to go into some investment stuff. And you had said that you're pitching or would love and have an idea of a restaurant. Can I hear it or no? Or do I have to sign an NDA? I don't want to say it because I don't want anyone to, to steal rip my it off. idea. That's fair. Okay. But I let's guess we just won't say that. I'll, I'll give you a high level. Growing up, I never had like enough money to travel or do anything. And then all of a sudden when I got furloughed, somehow I had enough money to go to Europe. So when. Did you go? Oh, yeah. So like when the borders and whatever opened back up, I was like, I'm not waiting anymore. Like I'm going to go to Europe. Just in case the everything Close shuts again. down again. And so I went to London and Ireland. And so I want to bring a concept here that for the people who can't travel and can't afford to travel, when they walk through this like building door, they're going to be transported to another country and feel like they're there. That's super cool. Yeah. And I would love to do that because I hate flying. And my girlfriend or fiance, she's a flight attendant. She has been begging me to go to Europe. And it's how far was the flight? Like fucking 12 hours? Yeah. Fuck that. No, time. that's too long for me. Anything over six and six is pushing it for yeah. me. I would much rather say, hey, let's go downtown. We could go to Germany downtown rather yeah. than having to go all the way over. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that idea. And I feel like a lot of people are looking for more experience-driven places now. That's, that's everything. My fiance says she goes to a spin class in the West Valley and she'll drive all the way to Scottsdale to go to the spin class because she says it's an experience. It's oh, vibey. Yeah. And that's literally what everyone <laughs> wants to do. Like yep, everything that's is all they care vibes about. <laughs> or everything is, yeah, the hype. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like that. I, I've always wanted to get into the restaurant business, but I know how much work it is. Yeah. I want to do a like nineties, 2000, bar where they only play 90s hip-hop and r&b and 2000 rb hip-hop and r&b what food would you sell i don't know i just know liquor sells so i'd probably just definitely do maybe bar food or maybe stuff that was cool in 90s and 2000s. the 3d doritos yeah wouldn't that be cool (laughs) that would be cool again all for that experience okay cool i don't think i have any other questions do you have questions for me I've never asked this before. You were going to go over the real estate stuff. Yeah, we can. We can go over a little bit. We don't have to. Let me see what time is it. No, what is your favorite restaurant? Yeah, I like this. Ask me some stuff. Favorite restaurant in Arizona? Yeah, let's start there. In Arizona, (laughs) there's this one spot you probably have not been. Okay. It's in Surprise. It's called Saigon Kitchen. Yeah. You've been? I've been there. Isn't they it delicious? They have a filet mignon rice bowl that is yes. the best thing ever. That, and it's, nobody really knows because it's all in Surprise. Yeah. But they've won Best Restaurant in Surprise for the last six years. I know the owner there, and I had my birthday party there before. I love that place. So good. It's so they good. They even have those soft spring rolls, but then they put the crispy ones in there and wrap it in there. You're just genius, huh? Yeah. Those are so good. I think my picture's on their Yelp page. That's hilarious. So you do down. know who it is. Yeah. Okay. Surprising. I think that's the only place I've been to in Surprise. Okay. So. Yeah. So Saigon Kitchen is definitely probably one of my top. And then my next would probably be, there's another place in Goodyear, I believe. It's called Tomo. Have you been there? No. Same style food. Japanese. But I like sushi. And they have a golden California roll. So Mm. California roll, but they dip it or deep fry it. Okay. Super good. 
Tomo, yes. Try that. And then would say that's it. I do love Taco Boys. I really do. But I'm from Colorado. So our Mexican food is a lot different than here. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> I feel a like big it's not good out there. I'm, no. We get New Mexico style food. Oh, okay. So we get all the green chili. And I go here. That is very You different. know what? I should ask you. Do you know anywhere where they sell real green chili? And I don't mean the little strips. Yeah. I mean smothered green chili. Go so, to Los Dos Molinos. Los Dos Molinos. Okay. It's New Mexican. It's very spicy. Okay. I will try like it. Very spicy. And the reason why I ask this is because in Colorado, you could go to Wendy's, a hamburger stand, and they'll have green chili options. So green chili is very popular there. Okay. Where there's this place in Colorado. If you haven't been yet, it's their staple in Colorado. It's called Chubby's. Go to Chubby's and they have green chili and they're... Known for their smothered green chili cheese fries with chicharron on it. Oh. And it is delicious. Is it like a fast food? Yeah. It used to be a tiny hole in the wall for years and they mm. expanded and now it's an actual place. But so it used to be where you couldn't even sit down. And we they'd have a jam-packed line. And it's been like that for 20 years. And then owners died and the kids got it. So they made an actual restaurant. And now... I don't know. There's something with the recipes and the kids got greedy and now there's different chubbies. Uh, so there's a, the original one. Like Rolabertos on, or Yes, Bertos exactly. Or that. So yeah. now, but it's the original one there you have okay. to go to. What part of town is that in? In Denver. Okay. It's on 32nd and La Pan. Okay. If you haven't been, definitely no. go. But I say all this because green chili is like a staple in Colorado and I can't get it anywhere here. I have, Most I just go to my mom. She well, makes it, but this place is pretty good. I'm gonna have to try it now. I need to look up if they do green chili. Yeah, they do all kinds of chili, but because everybody like, does green chili, say green yeah. chili, and it's little strips. Not great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the first time I've been asked a question. So thank you for that's the question <laughs> on the so podcast. Like we don't want to know. About that's you. what I do. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Jen, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for taking out some time out of your day. I'm glad that you got to witness the studio in so person. Cool. Why don't you look at the camera, let everybody know where they could find you. Okay. They want to ask you questions, whatever. Anything they heard on the show, let them know where they can find you. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of the above at Tastes of AZ. It's tastes plural with an S. Yeah. I answer all my DMs. Cool. After she answers the other seven people's DMs, then she has to answer <laughs> <Exactly>. hers. <laughs> so give her some time. Yeah. Thank you guys again. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Let me know if you guys have any questions or maybe if you guys have any future guests that you would love for me to put on, please send me a DM at Life with Gerardo. Thank you.